you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the Sticks presented by the Ford F-Series. And, Buck, we've got our takeaway pod tonight, and we have got uh, a lot to choose from for these 10 points, but I think we found the 10 goodies here. Yeah, 10 good ones. I think we're beginning to see a little bit of a separation between the contenders and the pretenders. We begin to see some teams really put their best foot forward, and we're seeing that they've discovered their recipe for success when it comes right, to winning well, let's games. Not, uh, let's not waste any time here. Let's jump right in here. Number one on our list of 10 takeaways, we always start with the Sunday night football game. And i tell you what, this Atlanta offense is just not the same. And Adam Butler takes him down. A sack by the Patriot rookie at the Falcon 38. Uh, Buck, I mean, when you look at this, this Atlanta offense, I mean, obviously people are pointing to the change in coordinators and Kyle Shanahan and his reputation and the way this team played under him. And you look at the change there with Steve Sarkeesian coming in. That's what everybody's pointing to. Is there, is there something else that, that we're all missing here, or is it or is it that simple? It's just an adjustment period here with a new coordinator. Well, I mean, I think there are a couple of things at play. I think you have the Super Bowl hangover, getting that close to winning the championship and falling short. Um, I think emotionally they still are a very, very scarred team and a very fragile team when it comes to their psyche in big games. I do believe the coordinator change has certainly played a part because no matter who the play caller is, they all kind of have their own tendencies. They all see the the game a little differently. And even though they may have kept the same scheme, the same system, same playbook, a play caller is, is different because they have different things that they like to emphasize. And I think that it'll take some time for Sark and Matt Ryan and some of the other top players to get on the same page. But what we thought going in was that this offense was so talented that they still would be able to put up points without necessarily clicking or firing on all cylinders. But what we're seeing is this is a team that doesn't necessarily have an offensive identity and some of their best players aren't touching the ball enough to affect the game the way they did in previous years. Yeah, I moved the ball a bunch in the game tonight. They just couldn't finish. And, you know, kind of that's the word for this football team, not being able to finish games, not being able to finish drives. Last year they couldn't finish the Super Bowl. So – 
Uh, that to me has been a big issue. Just you're moving the ball between the 20s, but you got to have a game plan once you get down there. And you get the sense a little bit when you're watching the Falcons that they're a team that's running plays. They're not running an offense. Um, I know that sounds weird, but it is. Just It doesn't feel like there's a flow or a rhyme or a reason to what they're doing. And the identity is lacking a little bit there. So you got to be able to finish drives. You move the ball. That's kind of the Patriots. Uh, that's the Patriot way, man. That's the way when they're rolling, they're going to allow you some yards, but they're going to buckle down when you get down there uh, and not give up points. Now, the flip side of this game is this Patriots team. We kind of said it all along, even though when they were losing to Kansas City, it did not look good. Uh, what was it, the Jets last week? They kind of slapped around. They they get it figured out. They eventually figure it out. It doesn't matter who's in or who's out of the lineup. They they get back to finding their formula. Ben, but don't break on defense. Play efficiently on offense. Uh, use all your different weapons. Get in the matchup uh, that you like for, from each and every week. Find a player that uh, that you think you can exploit on the other side of the ball. And, and here we are again. We're kind of getting to the meat of the season, and the Patriots are starting to figure it out. They're starting to figure it out. The one thing that is a little different for the Patriots I think other teams in their division are starting to figure out ways to win games. And even though we expect the Patriots to continue to be the team that reigns supreme in the AFC East, I do believe um, they will have game competitors in the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets. I'm not saying that they will overtake them at the top, but I do believe they're going to have to work a little harder to continue to capture that crown in the AFC East. All right, what's, uh, what's next here, Buck? We got number two. The Chicago Bears have found their winning formula pitch and it's dropped and it's on the ground it's still loose far side of the field it's scooped up by the bears and they're going with it down the sideline newton trying to track it down it's eddie jackson and it's gone home run touchdown bears throw the slit busted up in the air by amukamara and intercepted by the bears running down the sideline to the right side eddie jackson's got the 40 of the panthers and he's gonna go again it is a touchdown touchdown bears and a second pick six you know, the one thing about the Chicago Bears and the John Fox is that they always have been in games, particularly this year. Their defense, their running game, the way that they want to play and not give it away to the opponent will keep them in games. And I think since we've seen Mitchell Trubisky go in, even though there was a lot of hype about the number two overall selection and how that he would change the offense, they're sticking to the tried and true formula. They're going to run the ball. They're going to lean on their defense. And if they play well enough in those two areas – they're going to win games, and that's what we've seen them do the last couple of weeks. You know what, this, the, what I think of when I think of Trubisky and since he's taken over for the Bears, um, think about the fact they had four completions and they won the game today. They had eight completions the week before, but 12 completions and two wins. Uh, it reminds me of, of like a kid at Christmas, Buck, and uh, you know they you open up your presents like, oh, I got a bike. You're all excited. You know, I would get a bike out. Okay, Dad, can I take it outside? Whoa, no, you got to open up the rest of your presents. Oh, look, it's a helmet. Oh, nice. Uh, what else? Do I get? Oh, some gloves. Okay. Uh, okay. There's some. Now I got some pads. Uh, Already. Uh, you know, uh, training wheels. Okay, great. I mean, like it's like we're not. No, no, no. You got a bike, but yeah, you're not really going to go out there and ride in the neighborhood just yet. No, I mean it's funny. In in this game, Trubisky only had seven pass attempts, threw for 107 yards, completed. Passes to three different receivers. Tariq Cohen had a 70-yarder on uh, a crazy play. And they ran the ball 26 total times with Trubisky running five times, Jordan Howard running 21 times. Um, It's not the ideal formula for success, but defensively, they did a really good job. Even though they were on the field um, a tremendous amount of time, they kept the Carolina Panthers in check. Cam Newton had 
34 attempts, only 211 yards, had two interceptions. Um, if you're the Chicago Bears and you're able to kind of dictate the terms from a defensive standpoint, you have to like your your chances of winning games. So right now they're sitting at three and four, uh, a team that we didn't give them a chance to really get to 500, but they're in the mix. They're playing a young quarterback. Let's see how they finish up the season. And one last thing on the Bears here before we move on. We set it on on game day live. We were together uh, Sunday afternoon wa- watching all these games and, and uh, doing that show with Rhett Lewis. Vic Fangio, man, can we get his name on on the short list for some of these head coaching opportunities? Man, he is a fantastic defensive coordinator. You know, he's done a really good job with this defense. This defense is beginning to make their mark. Uh, we saw them score twice today on defensive returns. We've seen them in the last couple of weeks do a really good job of battering teams around. As long as those guys are buying in, and they've really committed a lot of draft capital to their defense, we're beginning to see these young guys kind of step up. You know, they have a chance. And I think all they want, um, according to Fox, is just to get the game into the fourth quarter and see what happens. They've been able to do that, and the thing has been going their way. Uh, hats off to Chicago Bears, 3-4 and four right now. Uh, it was a big win there for the Bears. All right, let's move on. Number three on the takeaway list. Matt, the Chargers hit. They have a chance to win the uh, win the AFC West. Chargers win. Kick is away. It's low and it's wobbly. Takes a big bounce into the hands of Benjamin at the 45. Now at the 40 to the 45-50. Still on his feet. 45-40. Nobody in front of him. Travis Benjamin on the numbers left sideline. Touchdown Chargers. Travis Benjamin on the punt return. Sully, one more time. Uh, who won that game? Chargers win. I love listening to Money call these Charger games. It's so good. So He's good. So great at it, Buck. I, I enjoy listening to him call the games, but I enjoy watching the defense too. And uh, we we went on and on and on about this Chargers defense in the preseason to the to the point where uh, folks were getting after us on Twitter saying we're way over buying the Chargers, and they start out so cold, uh, really just missing some kicks. They're in every game, but they they drop some games early the season, and people. It came out of the woodwork, Buck, said we were way off on the Chargers, and now over the last three weeks, this is kind of looking like that Chargers team we thought we were going to see in the preseason. Yeah, we thought the Chargers had an opportunity to be a playoff team. I was really big on the Chargers. I thought defensively they had an opportunity to be a top-five defense. Uh, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, uh, I think the best pass-rushing tandem in football, and they've shown up. 99 has been unblockable off the edge. Joey Bosa is outstanding, great technician, does a great job of kind of bending and bursting and getting to the quarterback. His relentless energy and his approach showed up today. Two sacks. Uh, Then when you have Melvin Ingram on the other side, who is also a war daddy, he had one sack today. They're able to control the game at the line of scrimmage because you can't run up the middle. You can't throw because Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa really make life hard on the quarterback. And then offensively, they have the gunslinger. So no matter how the game is going, the gunslinger always can bring them back, and that's Phillip Rivers. I like what the Chargers are doing. I know they dug themselves a very, very deep hole, but I think when it's all said and done, this is going to be the best team in the AFC West. Wow, you put it out there. I like it. I like that's a bold move right there, Buck, but this team is. They are built up front defensively, and I think if they can just protect the ball on offense, like you said, just uh, just just be a little bit more conservative on offense, and uh, and you're going to be in each and every game, and you've got guys that know how to close it. If they get a lead early with that pass rush, it's over. Um, and getting uh, Jerry Atachu back in the lineup today gives them another edge rusher they can throw in the mix. Um, it is a good group. It's as good as, uh, as we have in the NFL and the Chargers, Kansas City. Uh, be careful. Chargers are going to be here, I think, for, for a long run. And I think if you flip it over to the other side, Denver, 
Buck, I mean, the the line is 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 so the bar is so high for this defense. In order for them to win football games, offensively, they're so inconsistent. Uh, I mean, the defense has to play lights out for them to win football games. Yeah, it has to play lights out, and and what we're beginning to see is a bit of a correction in terms of how we thought the Denver Broncos were going to play, particularly at the quarterback position. And I think they can win with Trevor Simeon, but what happens when you have a quarterback like Trevor Simeon, like so many of these other quarterbacks that we lump into the trailer category, everything else has to be clicking on all cylinders for those guys to have success. So when you're the Denver Broncos and you're not able to necessarily get the running game untracked, C.J. Anderson only had 10 carries for 44 yards. The offensive line is struggling to protect. Um, you're down a receiver because Emmanuel Sanders doesn't play. Trevor Simeon is not good enough to elevate the play of others, and so it puts them in a very precarious predicament. And so with so much pressure on the defense, they have to play nearly flawless to give their team a chance to win. And I just don't know if you can give up 14 points and still be disappointed in the defense. A lot of pressure on those guys to kind of keep them in games. No question. Well, let's – once you get us to, to point number four, I think we're staying in the in the Los Angeles area here. Ty Gurley is the best running back in the National Football League. Ty Gurley, the single back, 535 to go before the half. He gets the handoff. He dodges the tackler and works left at the 20. He's got a stiff arm. 15 turns the corner. Ty Gurley going for the pylon, and he slips in. Touchdown, L.A. You know, Todd Gurley was much maligned heading into this season. We heard people talk about the bust. He was overrated. Uh, would he ever be back to what he flashed during his rookie season? I think what we've seen, coaching matters. Having a coach that understands how to maximize your talent allows a player with tremendous talents to play at a superstar level. Todd Gurley is a superstar because he can affect the game, not only as a runner, but as a receiver. Today, 106 yards on the ground, 48 receiving yards. We heard the touchdown. Ty Gurley's a big-time playmaker, and the way this offense is looking, they may be the best offense in football, and that is crazy to think about where they've come from last year. Oh, it's nuts, and I think I think Todd Gurley, you got to throw him in there as a, as a potential MVP candidate with what he's doing, running and receiving. And, you know, look, with David Johnson out of the mix right now, I mean, I, I don't know. I love Le'Veon Bell. I love what he brings to the table. Ezekiel Elliott is outstanding. But there's a reason we ran so high on Todd Gurley coming out of college and what, what we saw him do at Georgia. We are seeing the same guy now. We saw flashes of that his rookie year. Last year was a, was a definitely a step back due to some of the, the issues surrounding him, play calling and some of the personnel. But, man, we are seeing that guy right now we saw at Georgia. And I'm with you, Buck. I, I don't know what you take over him right now. I mean, there's there's people that you can have the discussion, but, uh, man, you better you better talk about Tom Gurley when you're mentioning the best running back in the NFL. He definitely belongs in that chat. Oh, he absolutely belongs in that chat. I'm, I'm looking at the stats. DJ, this is crazy. Four out of his last five games, he's had over 100 rushing yards. Um, you add up all of these games, I want to say like he is almost over 100 scrimmage yards in darn near every game except one, and that is the Seattle game. And so in terms of the way we talk about these new school running backs, guys who have to be able to run it and also make plays in the passing game, Todd Gurley can do that. And I don't know if many of us thought that he could really impact it in the passing game as much as he has for the L.A. Rams. Yeah, and I, I think, look, it's – when you have somebody with that skill set, you're only limited by the creativity of the play caller. And they've got one in Sean McVay who's 
never going to run out of ideas. So they're going to have a lot of different ways you can get him involved in the passing game, put him in a lot of different positions. And you're going to continue to see his role, his role grow and evolve. And uh, yeah, the Rams are in great spot, man. They got the right head coach. It looks like they've got the right cornerback in place. And they've got some playmakers now. I mean, Sammy Watkins didn't have to do a bunch in this game, but they got him a little bit involved. Cooper Cup, a couple clutch plays. You look at what happens with Robert Woods and the routes he's running out there. Um, it's just a balanced offense right now. Like The football can go in a lot of different areas. You're not dependent on one player through the passing game. And you've got a true bell cow, you know, just a warrior war daddy back there in Gurley. So, the Rams are in, they're in great shape right now. That's uh, that's a good football team. All right, next up on the list is number five, the halfway mark. And Buck, I got to tell you, uh, this this guy right here, this is the best player in the NFL that nobody talks about. Second down and long, Brissett. He's under pressure and he is going to go down finally. And Gakwe was the first one there again. Yannick Ngakwe of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll get to what they did as a team and, and what they're doing getting after the quarterback in just a second. But I don't know who it is. I, you know, it's probably because he's in the same draft class on the same team as, as Fowler. You know, the, the Jags are very high. But Ngakwe has been a better football player, and Fowler's playing well this year. But Ngakwe, every time you flip on the tape, every time you flip the channel and catch a Jags game, I swear this dude's making plays. He's got six and a half sacks already this year. He is a darn good football player. He is a darn good football player. And I'm going to say this is part of what I think is the recipe to the Jacksonville Jaguars' success. We've talked about this on air and offline. We've talked about the way that you build your team is you have to be committed to building it in the trenches. Uh, if we're building a house, you got to build a foundation. And offensive line, defensive line, front seven for the defense is the foundation. I'm looking at their depth chart. And in the last four years, they have c- committed significant capital on that side. Ngakwe, Dante Fowler, um, Malik Jackson, Sheldon Day was a fourth-round pick. Calais Campbell was an unrestricted free agent. Smoot, a third-round pick. Telvin Smith, back in 14, was a fifth-round pick. Blair Brown, this year, pick. Miles Jack, second-round pick. So they have taken big-time opportunities to upgrade their defensive front, and because they've committed so much capital to that, they're able to basically win without a quarterback. Even though Blake Waters played pretty good today, they're able to win games on their running game and their defense because they have a lot of top choices on that defense side of the ball and also some marquee free agents. Yeah, I tweeted this out just a little bit ago. How about Clayus Campbell who's got 10 sacks to lead the NFL right now? 10 sacks already. Kevin uh, Bay has seven as a team. Uh, this this Bucks this uh, Jags team ten sacks today. It's the second time they've had ten sacks in a game this season. I think they're in the thirties now, uh, low thirties for sacks on the season. And uh, Calais Campbell, look, sometimes you go spend that money. We always say, look, guys are free agents for a reason. Be careful of those high ticket items. I don't know if I can, in recent memory, give you a name of a guy who signed for big money in free agency. Uh, that that's had a better start to with his new team than Calais Campbell. I mean, he has been awesome. I mean, he's a, he's been outstanding. But it's not only just the production that he's delivered on the field. I think it's the leadership. I think these guys are buying into the Doug Marone slash Tom Coughlin way of doing things down in Jacksonville. They talk about being a blue-collar team, a team that is physical, that works hard. They're doing all of those things. And with Calais Campbell getting 10 sacks, that's certainly not something that many of us – uh, thought would happen prior to the season because even in Arizona when he was a pro bowler, we didn't see him necessarily dominate the game in a way where we would say he's a premier pass rusher, 
But in Jacksonville, he has been that, and he's allowed others to also take their game up a notch because he's been so dominant on the inside. Yeah, I like Sheldon Day as well. That's a, that's a good, good front that they have there. And to win that game without Leonard Fournette, congrats to the Jags. Our next takeaway, the Cleveland Browns have no idea how to develop a quarterback. Well, like sands in the hourglass, so are the days of our quarterbacks here in Cleveland. Deshaun Kaiser throws two picks, and he's out. Cody Kessler is in. I, I, Loki, what's going on with this group? I, I don't know. It is the worst roller coaster that I've seen when it comes to quarterback play. Um, to bench Deshaun Kaiser two weeks ago, sit him down last week, bring him back, let him start for a half. Yes, he had two turnovers, but take him out at halftime, put Cody Kessler back in. I have no idea what the Cleveland Browns are doing. And I'm so concerned about the way that they mistreat quarterbacks, 20 different starting quarterbacks in the last 43, 44 games. If I'm a top pick, there is no way that I want to go to the Cleveland Browns in the 2018 draft. No way. So you, you, you pulled Eli? You're pulling Eli? Oh, I'm pulling the Eli. Or, or, or I'm staying in school. But there's no way that I'm signing with the Cleveland Browns based on their um, track record for developing quarterbacks. Like, this is ridiculous. We all said Deshaun Kaiser was a developmental guy. They said he was a developmental guy. I don't know why they threw him out there. They rushed to put him on the field. Then they put him on the field and take him right back off the field. It is something that I've never really seen. I don't understand. They are really in jeopardy of kind of crushing this guy's confidence as a quarterback. And I'm not saying he's a mental midget, but I just don't know how anybody can withstand the circus act that is going on in Cleveland right now. He's wishing he had Brian Kelly again. Uh, I mean, Brian this is Kelly was a more stable environment for him than what he's got. I mean, this is awful. I mean, it's, it's just a, t- a terrible way to do it. And then if it goes beyond coaching up into management, I just think that they've kind of spun their wheels with a lot of picks, um, a lot of free ag- free agent acquisitions that haven't necessarily been there. We've heard about the stuff with Kenny Britt. Corey Coleman hasn't been the player that we thought he might be. Um, I don't know what's going on in Cleveland, but right now it's a dumpster fire and something has to change starting at the top going all the way down. Well, let me start at the top here and tell you how it can change, and let me try and give you a move here that would maybe you know keep a quarterback from trying to uh, just pull an Eli Manning here. They can go out and hire John Dorsey right now, right now. I, I mean, like I don't know how it ended in, in Kansas City, but I do know what John Dorsey's reputation is, and I know from being around him on school calls and being around from him, with him at a bunch of different events, the scouting events over the years. I think he's one of the best evaluators in the National Football League. Now, right now, you find him out of work, but the roster that he built there in Kansas City is one of the best in the NFL. Spent all of those years with the Packers. Uh, all of that continued success that they've had, he had a big hand in it. Then he goes to Kansas City, rebuilds that roster, and they're set up right now, and now he's, he's out of work. If I'm Cleveland, whatever, you got to do your homework and find out what happened at the end there with his tenure with the Chiefs. But if there's nothing crazy that took place, Bucks, I know Dorsey knows how to evaluate players, and you've got all these picks over everything else. I don't care if it's play well with others, if it's an understanding of analytics, if it's being able to you know, speak at team functions or be the face of the franchise. Throw all of that out. You need to find somebody that can pick the right dudes. And John Dorsey, I know, has a track record of doing that. Uh, I, I would be on the phone right now. I, I don't know what it would take financially to convince him to do it, but 
Um, you want to sell yourself to free agents in the offseason. You want to convince players in the draft, the top quarterback, to not run and hide. Go get a proven guy out there that knows how to build a team and how to pick the right guys. And I don't know how you could argue against John Dorsey being that guy. Well, I think so because I think you bring up a very, very good point. They have so many picks available to them in this year's draft and next year's draft that the person at the top needs to be a guy that understands how to not only turn um, – to, to manipulate the draft board, but to turn those picks into really, really good players. His track record speaks for itself. You look at that Kansas City Chiefs roster, his fingerprint is all over that. There's a reason why the Chiefs have been playing some of the best football that we've seen this year in football. It's because those blue-chip players that they drafted have played like blue-chip guys. When you're the Cleveland Browns and you're sitting at the top of the board and you need so many different things to get this team out of – I can't even say mediocrity because they've been below that. Just to – be at a mediocre level would be progress for the Browns. They need someone who can pick the players. Um, you're probably going to have to jettison the coach. And they have to start over again in Cleveland. I think John Dorsey certainly should be on that short list. He should be the first guy that they call. Yeah, look, the, the good news is they've, they've got a pass rusher. Miles Garrett has four sacks in, what, three games? Uh, he's been outstanding since he's been on the football field. So that's now we talk about that being the second most important position on the field. You start off with the quarterback, obviously that's number one. Uh, next to that, getting yourself a dominant edge rusher would be number two, and they've got a stud there in Miles Garrett. So got to get somebody to pick the right guys, and you got to find yourself a quarterback. I think Dorsey would be a great fit. All right, let's roll on to number seven here. Dallas Cowboys coming off a bye. They look rested, and they look great. The Cowboys take over, and uh, a fake to Switzer and a screen right to Elliott. First down across the 30, sideline to the 40, to the 30, foot race 20, 15, and makes a cut, 10, touchdown. Buck, we were talking earlier today about the importance of a bye for a college football team, uh, how important that is to just kind of self-evaluate, self-scout, get fresh, get healthy, get your mind right, and get ready to roll. And I look at this Cowboys team, the way they came out off their bye against the 49ers with 236 passing, 265 rushing, five sacks on defense. They look fresh. They look fast. Uh, they look like they've figured some things out. And uh, and I know the Eagles are in a pretty spot right now, especially if they can win the Monday nighter against the Redskins. But, uh, man, the Cowboys, if this Cowboys team shows up week in and week out, uh, they're going to be right there at the end. You know, the big thing hanging over the Cowboys, what's going to be Ezekiel Elliott's status? Because at some point he's going to have to serve his suspension, whether it's this year coming up next week or later in the season. They're going to miss their number one back for about six games. And how are they going to be able to function as an offense without him? But you're right. They look spry. They look rested. Obviously, the 49ers can help them look like they were ready to go. But this is a team that look like they understand exactly who they are and what they're about. And so if they continue to play to the blueprint, run the ball, take care of it, play keep away, and then allow their defense to make plays when those plays are there to be made, they certainly can win a lot of games still. Yeah, I think this division is pretty wide open. I think it's going to be right down to the wire here to see how that all shakes out. But that Cowboy team we saw today looks a lot like the Cowboy team that we saw last year. All right, what's number eight on the list here, Booth? Are the Saints for real? Now would be a good time for the quarterback sneak. And remember – Breeze used to take the snap and do that quick jump over the top where he puts the ball out. Third and goal from inside the one for the Saints. Breeze will keep it himself, does extend the ball, does break the plane, does score the touchdown. You know, DJ, the Saints have won four straight games. 
They are playing outstanding football on defense. That offense has found a rhythm led by the running backs. And early in the year, we talked about the running backs possibly being the MVP of that squad. We're beginning to see it come to fruition. Mark Ingram had another 100-yard game. Alvin Kamara had 100 scrimmage yards on 14 touches. The defense has continued to come up with takeaways and timely moments. Right now, the New Orleans Saints are the best team in the NFC South, and no one saw that coming. How about that? I, I wrote down. I just wrote down Ingram slash Kamara. I mean, this is a this is a perfect combination for Sean Payton's offense and how you use them. Now, look, they they caught a little bit of a break. No Aaron Rodgers facing Brett Hundley and some inclement weather. It was not a uh, was not a pretty offensive showing for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. But this defense gave up a big run early to Aaron Jones. I thought after that they they buckled down, and we've seen this team really improve on that side of the ball over the last uh, three or four games. And now you look at what they can do running the football. I, I think I think Ted Ginn, I tweeted this out, Buck, I think one of the more underrated signs of the offseason, you have to know what fits in your offense. That, to me, is what free agency is all about. When you have a defined role for somebody, uh, that's when you end up hitting in free agency. And they've always had this speed receiver role in the Sean Payton system. And you go back – all the way to the Saints. I mean, with Devery Henderson back in the day, I mean, they, they've yep. always had that guy. Brandon Cooks more, more recently had been that guy. Kenny Stills had filled that role. So they have that role in this offense, and Ted Ginn's perfect for it. He is absolutely perfect. They needed a stretch-to-field guy. He is a master of getting behind defenses. And say what you want to about his 50-50 hands. He's not a guy that's a natural catcher. Um, he catches enough to make a difference on that offense, and Sean Payton has done a great job of putting him in a position to make big plays. Part of the reason the Saints offense is able to roll on the ground is because you always have to worry about Ted again making big plays over the top. No question. It's been a, it's been a really good fit there. All right, let's keep this train moving here. Let's get to number nine. and uh, This is a Pittsburgh Steelers team that uh, right now they're rolling. Since he shows blitz and then they pull out of it. Pass to the end zone. Touchdown! Antonio Brown! Wow! On that quick slant in front of Denard. Talk about those killer bees uh, getting rolling. And I think this team's fortunes have kind of changed since they took the ball out of Ben's hands to some degree. Heard that touchdown there to Antonio Brown. But, man, this team has been very dependent on the ground game. And Levy and Bell Buck. Bell's got 30-plus carries in three of the last four games. At 35 carries today, had 32 carries last week against Kansas City. We say it every week on here, I feel like, when we talk about Lev Bell. Dude, get your money. Please hurry up and get your money before they run the wheels off you. I mean, they're absolutely trying to run the wheels off of him. But uh, I believe you're absolutely correct. The Pittsburgh Steelers realized, look, Ben Roethlisberger kind of opened the gate when he talked about he's not still the same guy. He doesn't know if he still has it or whatever. So what they've done since week four – Three games Lev Bell has had over 30. You talk about 35, 32, 35 in weeks four, six, and seven. Each of those games where he's had 30-plus carries, 144, 179, 134. The formula for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win games is now feed Le'Veon Bell running the ball. It does something to their identity. It makes them a tougher team. It makes them more physical. They control the clock, protect the defense. This is a new way of playing in Pittsburgh, but I think it's the best way for them going forward. Really makes them a very dangerous team when you think about what they could be in the postseason. How about, did you see uh, Juju Smith's touchdown celebration with the hide-and-seek? Oh, man, that was funny. That might be the best one of the year. Might <laughs> that be. That was awesome. 
I mean, that was that was pretty phenomenal. He's got a he's got a nice little string going. I like to see uh, Juju Smith Schuster score every week to see what else he's got in the bag. But that was uh, that was strong. That was that was strong to very strong. Nicely done there uh, by Juju. All right, Buck. We uh, let's keep this train rolling here. We've only got one more left. Um, what we got? Last one here, number ten. Vikings D can take them to the playoffs. Blitz. Flacco hit. Flacco about to be destroyed, and he's down. Henderson Griffin, part of a sack. <laughs> what did he say? About to be destroyed? About to be destroyed. I mean, he's just being honest. Yeah. I mean, that you, you, you look at that play, and Everson Griffin's coming right off the edge. He, he was right on that one. <laughs> you know, when I th- think about the Vikings, and this has been true the last two or three years, Mike Zimmer's done a great job of putting together a, a monster on the defense side of the ball. And when I look at their stars, particularly their stars in the front seven, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, all those guys step up in big moments. This is a team that single-handedly can win games. And I know they're struggling at the quarterback position. Even though Case Keenan played pretty well, they won't get Sam Bradford back maybe for who knows how long. Teddy Bridgewater may come back in week 10. The Vikings are going to need their defense to continue to sustain them, to keep them afloat. And the thing is, I think they're good enough to continue to do it like that with a defense leading the way. Well, I mean, this speaks to their defense. I mean, think about this team. This is one of the things where I always cringe when I hear people use Injuries as an excuse. You know, look, every team has injuries. Well, you look at the Vikings, their top two quarterbacks are out, and their stud number one running backs out, and they're still finding ways to be in games and win games and be competitive. Um, you, you, you just got to find your way around it. You got to keep plugging. And to me, this, this speaks to what kind of coach you have there, Mike Zimmer. His reputation as a defensive guy is a tough minded guy. Um, I think you see that kind of permeate through this team. This is a mentally and physically tough football team. Very much so. They are a team that is very, very tough. They do a great job of finding a way to get it done. And as long as their defense can continue to not only keep opponents out of the end zone but create turnovers and knock people around, it kind of adds intrigue to the way that they play. I think their team in the NFC North with the Green Bay Packers losing their quarterback, Detroit lacking an identity, and the Chicago Bears being where the Chicago Bears are, I mean, I think the Minnesota Vikings have to be the front runner. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing story what they've been able to do uh, with those injuries and stay right in the thick of it. Uh, look, Buck, that was strong. Ten, ten takeaways. I thought we got through quickly there. Uh, plenty more we can get to. We'll have plenty more to get to in, uh, on our Tuesday show and on our Thursday show coming up this week. But uh, anything else you want to add before we here? No, nah, I mean, I think it was an outstanding week. I think we have seen a lot going on in terms of how people like how these teams are crystallizing. I think the interesting thing will be as you begin to look at some of these teams that are falling by the wayside and beginning to look at what is going to be available in 2018. It's only a matter of time before we start kind of casting eyes heavy to the college uh, scene and what could be available in the NFL draft. Yeah, that's when we really, really have some once we can start almost halfway almost guys. halfway done what what what's going on it is flying by <laughs> i know it's kind crazy. of crazy it is absolutely crazy how fast this year is going but uh a lot of fun on here man i'll tell you what i enjoy these uh this we record this on sunday night probably most of you listening to this on a monday morning but uh one of the new things we've done here on move sticks and i think it's uh it's really fun we've enjoyed it and uh we hope you guys have too if you have go ahead and fire off a review or leave us a little uh plug there on iTunes. Those always help move us up the rankings 
on there. But uh, man, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I, let's get out of here, guys. Let's go to bed and let's <laughs> get rested up because we got to get back at it on Tuesday. Here, you guys, are we good? Yeah, let's, let's go. do it. Last thing before we go, though, Sully, who won that Chargers game? Chargers win. Thank you. That's <laughs> that's the epic call of our best friend Matt Money Smith. We'll leave you with that. Uh, sweet dreams if you're listening to this at night and uh, if it's the morning hopefully that's your coffee charges win and we'll see you next time thanks for downloading move the sticks with daniel jeremiah and bucky brooks for more go to nfl.com slash podcasts You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.